Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and welcome. I am delighted to be with you this week and I'm looking forward to a rich and beautiful conversation with my guest. I think it will be one that touches you deeply because we all have had moments where we have experienced uh, discomfort in the body or we have known someone that has moved through challenges uh, regarding their health. And so this will be a deep and enlightening as well as an intimate and vulnerable conversation that I am very much looking forward to. Before I get into introducing my guest, I want to mention that my new trilogy has been releasing this year, and two of the three books are out, Living, The Seven Blessings of Human Experience, as well as Being, The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace, are out now, and I invite you to get both copies. These are not books that are meant to be read Front to back or very quickly, they are meant to be bedside manuals where you simply read a few lines or a short paragraph in each each day and allow the medicine within the text to work within you. You will find some profound messages, but more so you will see the blueprint that the soul designed for each of us in this experience that we call being human. Uh, Definitely pick up your copies. You can go to my website to do that. And in being human... We find that we are in this physical vessel. We are genies in a bottle. And this bottle has so much to tell us. It permits us to do so many things and it provides us with so much magic in how we can continuously exceed beyond who we are. The ancient mystics and masters know that there is something special about the human body in the way that our glands and our systems can work to really elevate us into spaces of higher consciousness and even the supernatural in terms of our power and our capacity for creation. But we don't always treat our bodies well enough to touch those spaces. We don't always know how to elevate ourselves to those points. And more so, we take on an inherited consciousness about the body about how we age, how we become sick, what wellness or health or sickness actually mean. And so this is a deep conversation, not only of what we consider reality, but also a more expanded conversation about consciousness. Because the consciousness we hold and the consciousness of the body are parts of us that really can create the new world. And it begins by moving into the places where we touch our wounds and move them to wisdom. And that is the title of my guest's book. It is Wounds to Wisdom. And this is a raw narrative that takes you directly through the heart of one woman's trauma into the deeper truth of the power and purpose that is available to each of us. This book illuminates a journey through the body and reveals the potential held within your very own blood and bones. It will transform the way you see your life story. It will bring clarity and a sense of awe to who you are and what's possible for you. And can you imagine letting that type of consciousness be passed down to our generations? What liberation 
our children and the generations after that could be experienced. Laura Solomon is a family nurse practitioner, mother, teacher, visionary, author, retreat facilitator, speaker, and podcaster. With over three decades of experience as a healthcare professional, she shines a light on the role of unconscious survival programming on our health, relationships, and human potential. Once again, her book is called Wounds to Wisdom, and uh, she also when you go to her website, laurasolomon.com, you will see that there are various ways to work with her, uh, including microdosing, uh, and as well as uh, listening to her own video blogs and podcasts. So definitely check that out at laurasolomon.com. And without further ado, I want to welcome you, Laura, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, I really enjoyed your book, and it it touches a very intimate place uh, within, I think, the reader as you begin, because we all do know someone or have experienced those moments where we've had to deal with systems and structures we've not known, you know, what to do health-wise, or we're kind of funneled down a specific track because that's the way things are. And then we kind of have to settle into uh, the acceptance of almost a powerlessness or a victim type of experience simply because of believing or thinking that is all that there is. I want to start off by uh, talking a little bit about our systems and structures, the healthcare system. And, and this goes across the board, I think, to all of our systems. And you write that they're created out of our own consciousness, which is a hugely powerful statement and a very empowering one. Yes, yes. I think for me, the, the, the invitation or the, the, the opportunity, when I look around and see whether it's political systems, healthcare system, education system, religious systems, that it's not, you know, healthy or empowering or supporting us in becoming the best versions of ourselves, it, it can be easy to, to think that the solution is to change it, is to change the external manifestation of it. But the real power is in understanding that we collectively created those structures out of a state of consciousness. And until the state of consciousness changes, then we're kind of just in this polarity, push and pull, push and pull, push and pull. And you see it everywhere, you know, from, you know, it's most clear in political parties, which, you know, you have one side and the other, and it's push and pull, push and pull. In the healthcare system, you can see it's more of the um, allopathic medicine versus holistic medicine, and they're kind of caught in this, you know, one better than the other and pushing back and forth, back and forth. And certainly in religions, you see, you know, that the one really, you know, people think one religion is better than the other or one path to God is better than the other. So, that kind of polarity, externalized polarity, is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And the invitation is to heal the polarity inside. And then a new world 
appears as a result of that, that the, that the consciousness is the cause and what we see externally is the effect. And I talk a lot in the book about the body and how the body can show us what's going on in our consciousness. And, you know, we've known about this. It's not really anything new. Um, in the most, one of the most recent studies was the adverse childhood event study that Kaiser Permanente did in the 80s, where it clearly showed that if a person had trauma, that they were many, many, many more times likely to develop heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, you know, all of these diseases later in life. So, we know that things that affect our consciousness and who we think we are and what we think the world is will affect us physically. Like that is not new information, but we still have a healthcare system that doesn't acknowledge that. It's still very materialistic. If you have a physical symptom, then you look for a physical cause and that's the end of it. I think like really keyed in on and I and what I want to point out to the listeners is everything you talked about, whether you talked about the healthcare system or whether it spans into politics or religion or any other type of system and structure that we have, that that focus outside is part of the issue. That really all of that energy needs to be brought back in to really discover what's not only going on with the body, but what's going on inside, what's really happening on many different levels, as opposed to um, a reactive nature of trying to uh, fix the outside. You're talking more about a response nature and, and, and letting that be the starting point rather than what we really have been taught to do, which is um, an unconscious reaction, go fix something from the outside, put a Band-Aid on it, pop a pill, have a procedure, um, all of those things, rather than the first step of being present to the body. Yeah, and it's like whack-a-mole, you know, let's let's put a Band-Aid here, oh, and now it's popped up over here, oh, no, now we got something over here, and before you know it, you have one of those containers on your counter with, you know, you know your morning meds and your night meds, and half the meds are treating the symptoms that are caused by the first meds. I mean, that's like normal. That, that is typical. That is, that is the reality of the healthcare system as it stands today. And it's, it's interesting in that, well, in my, in my book, I talk about this, that I, I grew up in, in a cult where there was a lot of brainwashing about certain things and a lot and and essentially estrangement from my whole family when I stepped out of that. So the the cost of leaving that belief system was very high. Um, and in essence, what happened with the healthcare system? Why I went straight into becoming a scientist, not realizing I was in the cult of scientism. And it's just another form of materialism. And when I realized it was the same thing, the same thing had happened, that I was, in order to fit into that system and work within that system, I had to believe, I had to 
follow the narrative that the consciousness has nothing to do with what's going on in the body. There just isn't space in that environment to even have that conversation. The, the closest you might get to it is, well, I think stress might be contributing to your illness. Like that's the closest the conversation comes to the truth, which is, as I know it is that your con- my consciousness is creating everything, every, every experience for my benefit, not as a punishment. Like illness is not a punishment. It's not, you know, it's, it's for my benefit for me to see something. And the slippery slope or the, the razor's edge of this conversation is then people feeling like they cause their own illness. I think that and that's one of the key, key places that people kind of get to is either I've done something wrong, this is bad karma, or I'm, yes. I'm bad, or I didn't do something right, and it turns yes. into an even more vicious cycle that then impacts the body further. Exactly. So it's that razor's edge of taking full responsibility, but not going into shame, guilt, I messed up, because all of this is created unconsciously. No one creates a disease in their body consciously. No one does that. It's unconscious. And Let's go back to something that you said earlier, and that had to do with trauma. And mm-hmm. trauma is something that we don't always know we hold. Yeah. Although, you know, it, we kind of understand that we go into fight or flight, or as children, we, you know, make up what life is so that we don't have to face what we are experiencing as life. There are all these mechanisms that we have that we utilize to reframe any type of experience that we're having. But we live in a world and there are more and more discussions that are taking place that really illustrate that trauma is all around us. It's within us. We end up being struck by it continually with different experiences. Even even with the pandemic, for that that was traumatizing for many people. You know, whether it is losing a job, going through a divorce, um, dealing with issues with your child, all kinds of things can create trauma within the body or elicit the memory of a trauma that has existed for a long time. What role is that trauma from very early on playing and how does it fit into this conversation, uh, particularly as mental health awareness and um, more and more prescriptions are being applied to try to yeah. keep people from depression and anxiety? That's a great question. My view of trauma is I, I see it as survival adaptation. We are all born wired to survive. A baby is born knowing how to cry, how to get the intention of their caregivers, how to read their caregivers' faces how to see what's going on, how to read the environment. So we are born with that survival adaptation already ready to go. And if you, you know, we've all been children, but if you've raised children, you understand they are very helpless for a really long time. And so we adopt 
whatever beliefs we have to adopt about ourselves and the world at large in order to stay connected to our caregivers because without that connection, we know we will die. An infant will not survive without a connection to a caregiver. They're not equipped to do that, and they're not equipped to do that for many years. So out of survival, we will adopt whatever belief system they have. It's not a choice. A a two-year-old does not have the ability to look around and say, this is completely insane. I'm not going to buy into what these people believe. They, They don't have that ability that, that, you know, that they don't have access to that. So a lot of what we're dealing with with trauma recovery is examining these survival adaptation beliefs, what people believe is true about themselves and what people believe is true about being human, what people believe is true about being in a body, like all of these things, we don't realize that we're living in a story. We're living in a, in a, um, because we're conscious beings, we're not, I'm not, we're not, you and I are not inhabiting the earth. We're inhabiting the story that we're in. And I'm going to have you pause right there, Laura, for a commercial break. And we're going to get back to that really rich conversation Uh, Very soon. In order to feel safe, children must believe they live in a fair world, a world where good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. Living in the real world where bad things frequently happen to good people would be too threatening. So when something bad happens to a child, they automatically and unconsciously decide it is because they are bad. This gives them some sense of control because then they can work on being better and have some confidence that the bad thing won't keep happening. It is excellent for short-term survival, but terrible for long-term health. Thinking that we are bad is the birthplace of shame, and shame is a major contributor to emotional and physical suffering. This is from Laura Solomon's book, Wounds to Wisdom, Feel Your Pain, Find Your Power, fuel your purpose. I invite you to find out more about her by going to her website, laurasolomon.com. That's L-O-R-A-S-O-L-O-M-O-N.com. We'll be right back with more of Laura Solomon and Wounds to Wisdom right after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? 
how would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we return to Wounds to Wisdom and my guest, Laura Solomon, I want to mention that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. If there is something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can be matched in under 48 hours. And there is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. We have a special offer for 1111 Talk Radio listeners where you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash 11 and spell out the word 11. This is a service that is available for clients worldwide and you can log into your account at any time. You can send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if you need to. It's more affordable than offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Now, I want to mention this is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. This is professional therapy done securely online. And once again, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash 11. You can visit their website, betterhelp.com forward slash 11, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You can read their testimonials that are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Once again, betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash 11. One of the most effective tools you can start using right now is bringing awareness to your stories. You'll be amazed, and as Laura Solomon says, maybe even amused by the elaborate narratives playing in your mind. You can write these stories down in a journal or share them with a trusted friend or therapist. If you have never journaled before, know that there's no way of doing it wrong. And you can go to Laura Solomon's website and download your free journaling tool and have an extensive list of questions that will support your journey. Just go to laurasolomon.com forward slash free journal. You can also find her podcast and her other services there. 
uh, when you visit the website. Laura is a family nurse practitioner and a retreat facilitator. She's a speaker and a podcaster, and she has over three decades of experience as a healthcare professional. She's shining a light on the role of unconscious survival programming on our health, relationships, and human potential. And she does a beautiful job starting that conversation in her book, Wounds to Wisdom, Feel Your Pain, Find Your Power, Fuel Your Purpose. Welcome back, Laura. We were talking about trauma and uh, how children cope to survive, to to kind of face and, and, and fit in and have the connection with their caregivers as they move through any trauma or programming and conditioning that they experience within their lives. I'd love to let you continue your thoughts uh, in regard to that and how that impacts our health as we become adults. I know you mentioned that trauma does lead to heart disease and Alzheimer's uh, and some of the other issues that many people face today. So what is one of the key ways to begin not only dealing with the health issues that we have, but going back to uh, uncover some of that trauma so that we can start to uh, relieve our bodies of the stress that they're carrying? That's a great question, Simran. The good news is all we have to do is stop and pay attention. So everything we need to know, our bodies are going to be telling us, our emotions are going to be telling us, our relationship patterns are going to be telling us. There's there's no mystery, really. It's, It's all right there. There's no secret. Now, having someone who understands how to see patterns and can help a person to to investigate it. Um, it's interesting. I've actually worked with a lot of therapists who've been therapists for a long time and they've, you know, gone to school for that and they've helped many others, but I'm able to see their patterns really clearly. And one of the most valuable things with trauma or survival adaptation is to understand that these adaptation patterns work. And on some level, they're still working. And so that helps people to not go into a kind of a shame spiral or guilt spiral or I'm so stupid or why am I doing this? They can see, oh, I see how it's working. Now, they're also aware that it's not working, which is usually why they're seeking help for their physical illness or something in their relationship But understanding the first stop on the journey needs to be how clever of me as a two-year-old to figure this out and to start doing it this way. Like how clever, how amazing, how cool is that that I survived? So, you know, starting from that, acknowledging the the cleverness and and the ingenuity of yourself at such a young age to figure that out and to do that. And then the next step is starting to get curious and explore, do I need to keep doing it that way? Do I need to keep believing that the world is that way? Do I need to keep seeing myself that way? Do I need to keep interacting in my relationships? You get to a certain age and you realize that kind of every relationship has been a repeat of the one before. It's like characters in a movie. Everybody's changing their outfits and their you know, their name maybe, but it's like you look at the pattern, same exact pattern over and over and over and over and over again. So we are pretty consistent 
in our patterns until we bring them to consciousness. And also you can see what shows up in the body. For me, and I talk about this in my book, I was not conscious at all that I was carrying a lot of guilt in my body, but I, until I developed pain in my body, and then I eventually lost an ovary. I'd lost a body part. So my body was clearly trying to get my attention and say, hey, there's something here. There's something that I'm holding for you. You know, please bring this to consciousness. Now, it took me another, you know, 15 years after I lost my ovary to even begin to understand what had been happening in my body all that time. And, of course, nothing in the healthcare system supported me in even making that connection. So I, I really was, it was more in what you might call the spiritual world that I started to find these answers. But my passion, my goal is to bring them back together. This, the, the material and the spiritual, they are not separate. They are happening at the same time in the body. Like that's who we are. And so many of our systems are, pull us apart or demand that we separate in some way. You go into the church and they don't want to talk to you about your body or the body is bad or evil and you go into the doctor's office and they don't want to talk to you about your soul or your spirit because that's the domain of the church. And even in psychiatry, they don't want to, you know, typically talk about the body because, like, now the body has nothing to do with your psyche. And that's just not true. It, it's... Not- it's all over connected. And another part that I noticed in your book, which um, I found really interesting, is when we do look at the healthcare system, when we do look at the way our health is approached, it is so divided up into specialties. And so often when an individual goes to try to uh, discover what is going on with their body, the left hand never talks to the right hand. So there's all these things that are taking place separately. And um, you talk about how there, there needs to be more of a, a, a whole body focus and that there are some specialties that are now coming together that are illuminating that truth of wholeness. Can you talk a little bit more about what you termed as, uh, what is now termed as biospiritual ecology, or um, I think you used the term biotechnology early in the book? Yeah, I mean, I I like to refer to the body as a biotechnology because that helps people to understand that that it's a like a computer. It's been programmed, and we can be running programs that are literally viruses that are messing up the operation of the system. I mean, if you just start to think about beliefs as viruses in the program and what needs to happen so that the computer, the technology can be restored to factory settings, can be restored, and the viruses can be cleaned off. A lot of people will go to great lengths to get a virus off their computer, but meanwhile, their body is carrying viruses in the form of thought forms, beliefs, stories about themselves, guilt, you know, resentment, regret, all of these things are literally weighing on the on the body, on the way that the body works. Like, I know that to be 100% true. I'd like to say that there 
um, are specialties and there are, you know, people that you can go to, um, I'm one of the only people that I know that does what I do and how I do it. That I don't, when, if someone has, whether they have a urinary tract infection or a virus, like a physical virus or a pattern in a relationship, I see it all as the same thing. It's, it's all a reflection of what's going on in consciousness. It, it, and is that making sense what I just said? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that that's part of what individuals need to understand, that, that this, in a sense, is a type of puzzle that is being pieced together. But since the pieces are so separate externally when it comes to healthcare's approach, that if we put those pieces together internally, when you talk about story or guilt or shame or trauma or history, that those pieces actually will become a guiding factor towards the proper healthcare solutions. Yeah. And the body is so magnificent, for lack of a better word. It, it, it will show you exactly what's in your consciousness. It is like your unconscious mind on full display. And, you know, like, for me, one of the issues that I had was bladder pain and it got a bunch of diagnosis and a bunch of meds, but I was pissed. I was angry. That's what was, that's what was in my body. And my body was trying to show me you have anger here in your body, but you know, what did I do? I went, I got, Oh, let me get this antibiotic. Let me get that antibiotic. Let me get go undergo this procedure, undergo that procedure. I didn't have anyone to guide me or say to me, what, what is your body telling you? What's, what's happening here? Like, stop. What's, what's really going on? And then let's, how do we heal this? And a lot of a lot of the work that I do is helping people to get in touch with what's going on with themselves emotionally and to get okay with it. Not not to get in touch with it so they can fix it or mm-hmm. make it go away or change it. But to get in touch with it so they can get okay with it and let it be. You know, an emotion left on its own lasts for 90 seconds. Like, there's nothing to do about it. You just let it be, and it goes. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people to do. And and you say it in your subtitle uh, of the book, Feel Your Pain, because that really does magnify an individual's power. It really will fuel a purpose. But sitting with that so often is to the mind, the hardest part, because we just want to go do something. We want to take an action. We want to have it resolved. And the resolution is is being with it. And there's a lot of social pressure. Think about it. I've raised children. I know you have. Um, When your child is not happy, the hardest thing to do as a parent is to sit with them and allow them to be unhappy. We spend a lot of energy trying to fix it, trying to talk them out of it, trying to make them feel better, trying, 
right? And and on the surface, that seems like that's a good thing. You're a parent. You're supposed to cheer your child up. Where the most valuable gift would be to sit with them. And a lot of the work that I do is sitting with people, you know, and and letting them and reflecting back to them that the way you feel is okay. And such that is such medicine to be witnessed like that and to be held like that. And for many people, it's the first time in their life that that's happened. That someone didn't say to them, oh, stop crying, don't be ugly. You know, that like that there's something ugly about certain emotions. And depression and anxiety, they are the consequence of not feeling feelings. They are not disease states. They're the consequence. They are the they are what happens when there's a chronic suppression of energy. Let's just call it energy. When there's co- chronic suppression of energy, that is the consequence. And when a child if you think about this even just purely from an energetic perspective, when a child is in danger, like there's something going on in their environment, the safest thing for them to do is to do a version of playing dead. If you look at even in the animal world, when you look at a really vulnerable animal, what they'll do is they will play dead. They understand that that is a form of self-protection. But that is taking your energy and bringing it down as low as you can bring it. And that's what shame is. It's, play, it's the closest to dead that a human being can be without being dead. And it is a way to self-protect. And so for many people, that becomes a habit in their nervous system and their baseline is shame. That's their baseline energy frequency is as close to dead as you can get, which is shame. And so what happens is your body cannot function at that frequency. It's not designed to function at that such a low level energy. And then you start to get illness. We're going to pause right there, Laura, for another break. And then we'll come back and continue this conversation around shame and guilt. My guest today is Laura Solomon. You can find out more at laurasolomon.com. Definitely pick up her book, Wounds to Wisdom, Feel Your Pain, Find Your Power, Fuel Your Purpose. We'll be right back. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. 
Bluebird.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. My guest is Laura Solomon, and we are talking about her book, Wounds to Wisdom, Feel Your Pain, Find Your Power, and Feel Your Purpose. And I want to mention also, she has a 10-week course based on the book. You can go to her website to find out more. We'll give you the opportunity to really go through the material yourself. In addition, you can download a journal that will help you move through a list of questions that she has created. Connect to Laura at laurasolomon.com. Laura, we were talking about shame, and I think, you know, people either hold great guilt or hold a lot of shame. I know that much of the work personally in my own life has had to do with deep, deep shame that I have carried, and it sounds like with the experiences that you've had in your life, that you've shared on the show and, and also within the book, that shame would have been a, a very profound experience held within your body as well. And that's something that sometimes it, it, it takes time to move through. Uh, I know I just mentioned that you have a 10-week course that does help individuals move through the material of the book. But when it comes to guilt and shame, can you state... Um, something simple or some beginning point with each of those that you would suggest for individuals to start with? Yeah. The first thing is to acknowledge it and to, and to get familiar with what it feels like for you. For me, shame feels like the blood has been taken out of my veins and replaced with lead. It is so heavy, dark, cold, contracted. I can feel it. I mean, it is, it's like, it's, I can just feel it. And so for me, when I, when it's there, I know it's there. And what I can do is I can have compassion. So I cultivate and compassion is something that maybe sometimes you have to fake it till you make it, or you find someone who can model that for you, whether that's a person in your life, or if there's some 
um, deity. I know a lot of people connect with the figure of Mother Mary and, you know, her compassion. So you kind of borrow someone else's until you have your own and you sit with it and you allow it to be and you listen to it and listen to what it has to say and what it has to show you. So it's not about knowing that, that it's not about shaming yourself for feeling shame or because when you, when you go into, Oh, I've got to make this shame go away. You're indirectly saying it's not okay. It's, it's not okay that I feel this way. So the, the biggest, the most important thing and, the, and probably the most challenging is to let it be, and it's uncomfortable. And most of us have a whole list of things that we do that to avoid feeling shame. Like, no one wants to feel that. But there is so much medicine in sitting with it and letting it be and letting it communicate and tell you what it needs to tell you. And, and the same with guilt. I mean, Shame and guilt are, you know, a little bit different. The best explanation is shame is about who you are and guilt is more about something that you've done, but they, they can be, they're close relatives, I would say. And, but for me, if I feel guilty, I can do the same thing. I can sit with it and discern what is the narrative? What's the story? What's in my consciousness that's creating this feeling? And is that true? And, you know, even though that truth might be familiar, uncomfortable, and something I've carried around decades, you know, then it's my choice. Do I want to continue to believe that about myself and about others? Do I want to continue to believe that about other people? And it's, and the work that I do, I use the hero's journey because I think it's a good framework for going through initiations into power, which is really what this is. There, I, I would say learning to be with your own shame is the power move of all power moves. Because yeah, I love do how, that. <clears throat> I love how in the book you talk about um, you almost reframe it to show that sometimes these things are essential. And you write, guilt serves a purpose that we've done something wrong and need to correct it. Shame serves the purpose of keeping the life force out. It allows the necessary conditioning to enter and take up residence in your cells. In a dangerous situation, however, shame is essential. It can literally drain your vitality and make you appear less threatening to someone who has the power to destroy you. It is wise, life-saving physiological response in the moment that turns self-destructive as part of unconscious programming. And so when you're talking about that acceptance and that presence to these things, everything that has ever occurred within us has some purpose. It had a greater good in the moment that was necessary. And in the book, you go through and you talk about the forming of our energy centers and when that occurs and why that occurs. And that's a very powerful part of the book. Talk a little bit more about even how just knowing about our centers and how they formed uh, starts to shape a different narrative to our story. Yeah. So, you know, I hesitated to write my book that way because I realized the danger in compartmentalizing us because we're not. Compart, you know, that's not who we are, but sometimes having 
some type of framework to understand is necessary and to help people to understand how imbalances in the different energy centers can show up as different types of relationship patterns and different types of illness is really helpful for people. I think it it takes these big concepts, these big ideas, and makes it really intimate and personal. And when people can start to see that and track their own patterns, their own patterns of relating, their own patterns of creating um, illness unconsciously in the body, then it's like they're, they're revealing themselves to themselves. And that is divine. Like we, we know the divine through knowing ourselves. And knowing our bodies is, is part of that. You know, one of the biggest injuries to us as, as spiritual beings is somehow having our bodies being made as less spiritual than other aspects of ourselves. And for me, the body is sacred. It's divine. It's and everything that happens in it and through it. It's, you know, it's, it's the, I don't know how else to say it. It's, you know, I believe we're on, our soul is on a journey, but this is our sacred vehicle. Like we're, we're not going, you know, to wherever we're going in spite of ourselves. We're going in the body. It's a, it's a transformation in the body, not a transformation to get out of the body. And, and I think it's ultimately every single part of experience, and most especially the body, boils down to connection. It's yeah. how deeply will we connect to that which we are, whether that is mm-hmm. our emotions, our intelligence, our physiology, our wounds, our wisdom, how deeply are we willing to really connect, commune, immerse within, embody everything that we are? Because that really is, I think, the only gateway to transcendence. And, and like you said, it's, it's not about moving beyond what this is. We, we incarnated in physical form for a reason, not to escape, but to be right. here. To be fully human. And I think we, there have been full humans that have walked on the earth and have demonstrated for us what that can be and what that can look like and showed us in their own way how they did it. Um, I also believe that we, each person's path is different. So, you know, even if I emulated some spiritual teacher leader, you know, to a T, did everything ate the food they ate, chanted what they chanted, did everything, it wouldn't be my path because my path is going to be unique to me. And that is also another thing that I, that I teach is I share a lot of tools and resources. Like these are things that work for me. Try them on. Let's explore them together. Modify them. Make them your own. Like these, these are just, you know, suggestions. And I'm here to support and, and, and to tell you what's worked for me, but I'm also here to honor 
that your path is going to be unique. Within the book, you have uh, sections where you pose different questions. And towards the end of the book, some of those questions are, do you believe that there is higher consciousness that disapproves of you or seeks to punish and destroy you? Yeah. Are you waiting for something or someone outside of you to save you? And most powerfully, do you believe you are worthy of heaven at this very moment? Mm-hmm. Some really deep and rich contemplations. And in moving through the questions of the book, what does, how does this serve the reader? How does this really support them in attaining a greater view of their health, their wellness, and their vitality? Well, you know, some of the questions are very physical, like, do you have stomach problems? You know, so, so, so I'm ask, also asking those very straightforward, more materialistic type of questions, but all of the questions are designed for, to increase a person's self-knowledge. For them to, to ask, to examine what, what they believe and to become aware of what their beliefs. My, one of my favorite teachers, Carolyn Mace, she says, your biography becomes your biology. So for us to realize that our story is creating our body, but that takes a, a fair amount of, of self-knowledge and self-awareness and an examination of, you know, what do I believe? And I, and I think it's not really that even important for people to know what their trauma is or who traumatized them or what the narrative is about that. It's, it's, the, it's the present. What do I believe about myself right now? You know, and is that true? And and how is that? What is my body reflecting about that? Because the body will show you if something isn't true. My body was showing me with the pain and with the loss of my ovary that I was holding a lie in my body. And my body was saying, we reject this lie. It's not true. This is not true about you. And so that's the other thing is, I want people to understand that their body is their greatest ally and their, and their easiest access to what's true. Just ask the body. And I'm going to, and I'm right there. I think we're going to close out the show since we're running out of time from the book, Wounds to Wisdom. Expansion of consciousness is a return to wholeness. This wholeness may look like a peaceful conscious death resolving an illness, or something else entirely. Whatever your path, your body is the perfect technology for the expansion that is available throughout your life. Through your wounds, you can access your power and your purpose, but you are the only one who can choose to approach the door and walk through, trusting the changes when all of our conditioning has been geared to avoid or resisting the unknown is an ongoing invitation for all of us. This is the human condition terrified of change and designed specifically for conscious evolution. This is from Laura Solomon's book, Wounds to Wisdom. Feel your pain, find your power, fuel your purpose. Go get your copy today. Thank you, Laura, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. 
your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.